Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am your host Rob Riches. And I'm your other host Cheryl Riches. So it's been a pretty good weekend. Got yeah. to go see Jeff Dunham. Went yeah. and saw our daughter. Uh, went and did a little wing ding with some high school friends. Yep, it was a very good weekend. Then we went and saw, well, then we went and got movie popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and saw Wakanda forever. <laughs> yeah, it was a good movie, but. Long, very it was, long. It was long, but I, I think the reason I like going to the movies most is the popcorn. Oh, see, I thought it was the company that you were keeping. Well, there's that too. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> That's always secondary to popcorn. Right? It is movie popcorn. <laughs> Other than that, what else have you been up to? Oh, just the same old, same old researching my story. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good one this week. You were actually more prepared this week than I was, and normally I'm the one that's on top of it. See? Look who's getting their stuff together. Yeah. I'm sure you researched everything, too. So oh, all... I'm sure there's something that you're going to go, well, what about this? And I'm going to go, I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of researching, uh, sure, I don't know if uh, people, first of all, little research we found out we have 11 people from seattle listening to us yeah that's kind of neat so thank you for listening to us uh in seattle we appreciate that it was on apple um and then uh i think our countries are all about the same we haven't got any new countries no. lately but again but welcome germany to everybody. is picking up speed and germany is picking up speed so welcome to that yeah and if you're not aware i do um have better survive on twitter i'm not real active on twitter i'm not real strong at twitter however have you ever seen uh, that seg, seg, um, segment on one of those science shows where mean tweets? Yes. Yeah, do you think it's funny, right? Why did somebody give us a mean tweet? So we have, we had, do yourself a favor, only listen to the first half of the story because you can't get the last 25 minutes of your life back. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> wow, we can listen to Rob or shut him off. Poor Cheryl lives with him. Are these real? If I had to deal with that guy, I would be drinking a lot more than two glasses of wine. I think I would need intravenous. Are these people you know? No, I researched it, and you can sit over there and play dumb all you want, but they were all from you. <laughs> I saw it. I'm not happy about it. I figured it out. Game's over. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I was actually getting concerned there for a minute. <laughs> no, I just thought it would be a good way to tell everybody we had Twitter and <laughs> make up mean tweets that you said. But I didn't say those things. No, you didn't. But I think you were thinking them. I can see sometimes <laughs> on your forehead, you're like, fuck, I wish I could shut him off. No, not true. Not true? Not true. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Where's the mute button? Right there. <laughs> if I spike his drink, how long will he sleep? So, okay. Well, it sounds like it was good. Uh, we've got nothing else to talk about, so I might as well go into your story. Oh, we're just going to jump right in. Well, I... I don't think this is jumping right in. I just read a bunch of mean tweets. That's true. That's true. You're just not ready. <laughs> See, I'm, ready. I'm ready. I'm getting on I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. You are ready? Yes. So you got a story? I do, yeah. You got a drink? I do. Let it rip potato chip. Okay. This week I'm going to tell you about Jamie Kloss. I don't know. You might have heard this story. I feel like I should have heard this story and probably did. But I thought you just did this story. No. 
But my memory is like so very, very bad. So yeah, like I know you can hide your own history. <laughs> yeah. So I, I probably, I probably have heard this story in the past at some point, like when it was happening, because it's pretty recent, actually. Or when you read it last week. Well, I remember it from then. Anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about Jamie. She... Did she not have a clause or something though? But really, like that last name sounds so familiar. I sure hope not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Stop me if it sounds familiar, and we're gonna have to like re-record with something else i don't know <laughs> okay um jamie was born in july of 2005 in barron wisconsin she was the only child of james and denise Kloss. so her survival start story started on october 15th 2018 when jamie was 13 years old this story i had to stop myself from crying a couple of times while i was reading it it's terrible oh good good those are my favorite <laughs> i know they are okay jamie was sleeping and she was awoken by the barking of the family dog so she looked out the window to see what the dog was barking at and there was a strange vehicle in the driveway pulling up into the driveway so it was it was the middle of the night i think it was around midnight when this happened so she knew something was off because her parents were both in bed so she got up to go wake up her parents and say, you know, like, there's a strange vehicle in the driveway. What's going on? Um, her father, James, went to the front door, and he must have known there was something wrong, too, because he told his wife and his daughter to go hide in the bathroom. And when they got into the bathroom, they locked the door, and then they, like, pulled out one of the cabinet drawers so that, like, if it was tried to be forced open, the drawer would block it from being open kind of thing. Yep. Um, and they got into the tub and they closed the shower curtain. So dad's at the door and outside the door, 22 year old Jake T. Patterson was standing and he had a shotgun in his hand. He's holding a shotgun and he's dressed head to toe in black. So James, dad, is standing with a flashlight inside the house, shining the flashlight on him. And Patterson yelled at James to get on the ground, but James didn't move. So Patterson, okay, I'm confused on what's going on here. Okay. Who's got the Who's got the shotgun and telling who to do what? Patterson's got the shotgun. Okay. James has got the flashlight. Who's James? James's dad. James is is Jam Jamie's dad. Oh, okay. So Jamie and James are all okay. Yeah. Sorry, just had to clarify. That's, I was getting lost. That's all right. But James is stood his ground and he didn't move. So Patterson climbed the brick stairs and opened the storm storm door. And started pounding on the wooden, you know, real door. James uh, tipped, like, was mistakenly thought that maybe Patterson was a cop because that's probably where your brain would go, right? Somebody standing at your. Not somebody standing there with a shotgun. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it was a just, lot of cops come up. The whole thing just... would have been surreal, is my point, right? Yeah, but again, somebody coming, like, standing in your driveway with a shotgun. Obviously, you saw him standing with a shotgun. Yeah. I think I closed the door and called 911. Um, anyways. He kind of felt safe. He was in his house behind a locked door. I don't know. And the whole thing was probably very surreal. Like they lived in this little nothing town where stuff like this just didn't happen. So Patterson or James said to Patterson, like, let me see your badge. And while James was looking out the window, waiting for a badge, Patterson pulled the trigger and shot him through the glass and he fell and he died. Jamie and her mother heard the gunshot from the bathroom. Her mother managed to dial 911. It was about 12.53 a.m. 
When the call came through into Barron County Dispatch Center, three miles from the Kloss family home, nobody spoke and the dispatchers heard screaming. And then the phone hung up. So one dispatcher, like, obviously knew there was something going on. It, something wasn't right here. So they tried to call the phone number back, but it just went straight through to her voicemail, Denise's voicemail. Outside, Patterson tried to break open the door, and he wasn't very successful, but he ended up shooting the doorknob. And he pushed the door open and stepped over James's body on the way in. Yeah, lucky that thing didn't ricochet off and shoot him. Well, Steal yeah. door handle. That would have been best case scenario, I guess, but that didn't happen. So Patterson has a flashlight in his hand and he goes through all of the rooms of the house. One door wouldn't budge, obviously, because the girls have locked it and they put the drawer in front of it. He checked the rest of the house, but found that it was empty. And then he went back to the bolted door because clearly if somebody's in the house, that's where they're going to be. But, he but could... by this time, they'd opened up the bathroom window and crawled out. No, that would, I, I don't know what their house was like, but maybe that would have been a good thing, but it didn't happen. Oh. He couldn't kick it open because of the uh, drawer being open. He rammed it with his shoulder over and over. The drawer made it difficult for him to get it. It took him 10 to 15 blows from the upper half of his six foot, 215 pound frame before it split in two. And then he ripped down the shower curtain. This is awful. Denise clung to her daughter in a bear hug. He yelled at Denise to hang up the phone. Jamie's mother, Denise, did exactly as she was told. He handed Denise duct tape and ordered her to cover her daughter's mouth. Uh, she, her, her mom tried to, but she was struggling. She, her hands were probably shaking so bad <clears throat> that Patterson put down his weapon and he did it himself. He also bound Jamie's wrists and ankles and helped her out of the tub. And then he pointed the shotgun on her mother's head and squeezed the trigger. Oh. Yeah. And where's the cops? You said they're three miles away. Three miles away. But I'll get to that part, why they're not there yet. Because order food or call the cops to see what shows up first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what movie is that from? It's not from a movie. It's from a song. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, Denise was killed instantly right in front of Jamie. Patterson grabbed, then grabbed the five-foot, 100-pound teenager and nearly slipped on the bloodied floor on the way out. She was forced into the trunk of her kidnapper's Ford Taurus. This is why the cops weren't there yet. In all, he spent four minutes at the house. Four freaking minutes. Scary, right? Yep. So, as it turns out, Patterson never knew Jamie. But he worked as a temp at a Saputo cheese factory for two whole days. And while he was driving to work one day, he got stopped behind a school bus. It was stopped at Jamie's house while she boarded the bus. But he later said that he knew that she was the girl he was going to take. Like, one of life's little normal things. Your daughter is getting on the school bus. You have no idea that she's being targeted and that this monster is gonna you know force himself into your house it's well and how do you like you don't know like, like no. you're supposed to be suspicious of everybody that stops behind a school no of course not of course like not this. like the, but it's a it's a terrifying thought oh it is absolutely there's so many sick people yeah out there. um so sitting behind the wheel of his old ford taurus he began making his plan he drove to the glass house twice that month 
but he was scared off by cars in the driveway or seeing lights and people in the house. And he didn't even know her name until after he'd kidnapped her. Just so genteel. People think that, oh, well, kidnapping or, or this, you know, like, oh, it's got to be strategically planned and like just random, just out yeah. of the blue. Yeah, like he didn't know her. Usually kidnappers know who they're taking, but these are the especially scary ones where this guy didn't even like he saw her getting onto a school bus. I don't know. I, that really affected me. Um, Probably because we live in the country and kids just yeah, get on the school bus. Yeah, we, and... we see kids getting on. We're stopped behind school buses all the time. And now I'm going to look around going, okay, which one's the monster? I don't know. Anyways, back to Jamie in the trunk. You have to look. Maybe it's you. <laughs> uh, three Barron County Sheriff's deputies were already on their way. And Patterson began driving back to his home in Gordon, which was over an hour's drive from Jamie's house in Barron. Patterson, while he was driving, or before he started, removed his mask and the shotgun laid next to him. He pressed the gas pedal, but only into, only 20 seconds into his getaway. Uh, he was slowing for blinking lights and bearing, blaring sirens. They were like 30 seconds earlier. Police cars drove right past them, going in the direction of the Kloss house, responding to the call. They ran Patterson's plates, but they came up with nothing. Patterson was ready for a gunfight, later telling investigators that he most likely would have shot at the police if they'd stopped him. Wow. Yeah. So maybe that's a good thing that it didn't happen. I don't know. Um, in the trunk, Jamie heard the sirens, then they faded away. Officers arrived at a dark and empty house. They soon found the bodies of both James and Denise and were alerted that their 13-year-old daughter was unaccounted for. And an Amber Alert was issued to try and find Jamie. So I'm not sure if all countries know about Amber Alerts. Pretty sure they have something set up, but, but probably wouldn't hurt to explain to people. Yeah, just for... I know it's for sure. I know it's in the States and in Canada, but we have Amber Alerts so that if a child goes missing, everybody's phone, I don't know how far it goes, but I think pretty far. Like we've gotten Amber Alerts for the next province over before um, gets an alert on their phone. And then it's just for everybody in the area to keep an eye open and they'll give a description of whatever they have, like the child's appearance and what they were wearing. And if they have an idea who the uh, abductor might be, they'll put an, a name and a description of them up. And they actually, they're very, very helpful. Like they get caught pretty quickly now. Yeah, they don't get too far. Yeah. Yeah, because suddenly you have all these eyes looking for them. So I don't know. Anyways. That's what it is. Yeah. So an Amber Alert was issued to, ch to try and find Jamie. Um, upon arriving at the Patterson's house, Jamie was forced to undress. She was given a pair of his sister's pajamas to change into. Patterson burned Jamie's clothes, the duct tape that he used to bind her, and his gloves in the basement fireplace. He was... So Patterson has a sister? Yeah, he doesn't even live alone. It's weird. Um... He was going to burn his own clothes, too, but when he looked, he couldn't find any blood spatter on them. So uh, She was then forced to crawl under his bed, where she would remain for long periods of time without food and water. So this is familiar with our last story. Well, not our last story, but two stories ago, I think. Yep. Girl in the box. Right, yeah. Uh, the bed was blocked off and weighted down with bags, laundry bins, and barbells, so she couldn't move to escape. 
like I said, Jake didn't live alone in his in the house, but they had no idea that he had somebody hiding in his room. So when he left, he'd play music loudly or if there, or I think his dad was only home on the weekends. I think he was, I'm pretty sure I read he was a truck driver. So when he came home, he'd do the same thing. He'd play loud music so that they wouldn't hear anything going on in his bedroom. You think that would get annoying. Yeah. Like (laughs) you would think, especially when he wasn't home. Yeah. Like go in there and shut it off. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's strange. The whole house, he had a he had another brother too, but the whole house seemed like it was a little bit um, dysfunctional. Uh, he said he kept her in line by yelling and hitting the walls, especially the two times he noticed that she had tried to get out from under the bed. He repeatedly warned her that bad things would happen if she tried to come out. During one outburst, Jamie said Patterson struck her really hard on the back. He had something in his hand and he hit her really hard on the back. But that's the only, like, physical harm. I mean, he did so much emotional harm, but that's the only physical harm that he ever did to her. So he didn't rape her? Nope. No. So what's it all about then? He just wanted to pet? I think the plan was that he was going to, like, it gets into that a little bit later, that he was going to use her and sexually abuse her, but then guilt started to creep in and he couldn't do it. Um, she sometimes stayed under the bed for as long as 12 hours. Did I say that with no food or water or access to the bathroom? Yep. You said that. Okay. Three months passed for those three months, police and volunteers across Northern Wisconsin searched for Jamie three months. They probably are starting to think, well, she must be dead. Right. Especially when her parents were. Well, that normally like what, 48 hours or something. Yeah. They say it's usually not recoverable. Yep. Detectives chased thousands of tips. The FBI offered $25,000 reward for information, and her parents' employer added another $25,000. Jamie's photo circulated on posters. Strangers attended her parents' funerals. Neighbors gathered at events in her honor. Like, it was this whole huge thing. So that's why I think I probably have heard of this when it was happening. Yeah, maybe. it's Yeah, and that's usually, like, Small towns, small places. Right? Yeah. It's... Uh, relatives appealed to the public for information about where she could possibly be. And the whole time, Patterson was holding Jamie in a single-family home near the tiny and heavily forested town of Gordon, population 650. It was a brown two-bedroom home set on 2.6 secluded acres. Of course it was. Yeah, like that could be any of our neighbors. Yep. For the first two weeks, Patterson kept the loaded shotgun outside the bedroom in case the police came. So he was fully intending to shoot the police if they tried to come in. That's just more proof. Like, like you have a loaded shotgun sitting there and your parents or or nobody goes, "Uh, maybe we should put the shotgun away. Right. I don't know. Why do we got the shotgun out? (laughs) Why don't care the cops come? Oh, that makes sense. Then, yeah, keep it there. Go back into your bedroom and do more drugs. (laughs) Because that's what you would have to assume was going on. You wouldn't, I don't know. I can't imagine assuming that my child has kidnapped somebody and they're hiding them under the bed. But I think maybe my kid's on some drugs. Well, again, I'm not saying that some, but I'm just like, why why do you have a loaded shotgun outside and nobody's saying anything about it? No, you're right. It's wrong. Okay. Eventually, he put the weapon away. Patterson told detectives he believed he had gotten away with his crimes. 
During her time in captivity, Jamie was mostly kept under the bed, although she was permitted to take walks with her captor around the yard on occasion. Well, that was nice of him. Wasn't it? Yeah. He also attempted to conceal her identity at one point by telling her he was going to cut her hair, but he decided against it after Jamie resisted and said she didn't want to. The two played board games, and on one occasion, Patterson even bought a Starbucks for Jamie. Whoa. Yeah, what a, treat. a gentleman. Right. He felt confident enough that after these three months that he applied for a nighttime warehouse job at a liquor distributor on the morning of January 10th, 87 days after Jamie's abduction. And on his resume, he said, I'm an honest and hardworking guy. Well, that was probably a stretch. <laughs> I think a little, yeah. Um, that morning, Patterson had told Jamie he was going out for a few hours, and badass Jamie made a decision. She would be caged no longer. She shoved the bins and the weights away from the bed, and then she crawled out from the two and a half feet that separated the mattress from the cold floor. She unlocked the front door and stepped into an unfamiliar snowy landscape wearing only pajamas and her captor sneakers on the wrong feet. Jean Nutter was walking her dog near the driveway around 4 p.m. when she spotted Jamie alone without a coat or gloves in the January cold. And she immediately recognized her? Not, I, I don't know if it was immediate, but she did. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Jean didn't usually visit her cabin in the winter, but on this day she was there. So that was one of those, it was meant to be moments. Yep. The girl cl came closer and Jamie said, I'm lost and I don't know where I am and I need help. And then, yeah, Jean recognized her face. Probably from the flyers or like the countless hours that she'd seen her on TV. But Jamie said, I'm Jamie. Jean grabbed onto Jamie tightly and walked her to the nearest house. Kristen Kaczynska's. I'll try. That's not right at all. You didn't get that right at all. You're trying so hard. I'm pretty sure it's right. Kaczynska's. <laughs> yep. I apologize. Anyways, I don't know if it's wrong or not, but I'm apologizing just out of... Kristen. Kristen heard pounding on her door. And her neighbor stood there with a skinny girl with messy hair and oversized sneakers. And Jean said, this is Jamie Kloss. Call 911 right now. Inside, Jean started to worry. What if the kidnapper came looking for Jamie? Like, she knows what he did to the other family, right? So, yeah. so, I would be... like, so then she's like, push Jamie outside. I changed my mind. Right? <laughs> no. Oh. No, she didn't do that. She, but she did tell Kristen, I, I used her last name, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I did to you. <laughs> she did say to Kristen, get a weapon. The women dialed 911 as Kristen's husband stood guard at the front door with a gun. Douglas County 911, a dispatcher, answered, Hi, I have a young lady at my house right now, and she said her name is Jamie Kloss. The dispatcher was like, well, have you seen her photo? And, and she was like, yeah, it is her. I How about... Just send somebody. Let's not ask questions, right. okay? Like the last couple got shot. Yeah. No, especially because of what happened to the last couple. Are you sure it's her? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I'm calling 911, fuckers. Right. <laughs> right. I, I should try to find the uh, phone call. I'm sure there's a record of it somewhere. I bet you. And put it on here. I'll look for it. Anyways, she says, yes, it is her. I 100% think it is her. And then... I 100% think it's her. <laughs> yeah. And then Jean, ah, society. 
And then Jean took the phone and said Jamie didn't know where she was, but she told them that a young man named Jake Patterson had killed her parents and kidnapped her. Jean said he lived a few doors down from the cabin. And we're kind of scared because he might come. But the dispatcher was still like stuck at the start and said, she, and she said, I am Jamie Kloss. <laughs> and they're like, yes. She said he killed my parents and I want to go home. Please help me. So finally, the dispatcher. Bye. Like, <laughs> Did you check for a birthmark? Did you check the dental records? Yeah. I mean, let's really be sure. Like, I really don't want to send somebody all the way out there. <laughs> Anyways. Do you see the price of gas? <laughs> Anyways, now the dispatcher, like, believes what's going on. And she feels the panic that they feel a little bit. So she assured the women that authorities were on their way. And then she said... My ma'am, my deputy, she just wants you to lock the doors and like don't even let the dogs out or anything. Just everybody stay inside until I can get the deputies there. Yeah, because the locked door helped last time. Right. Jean says, Are they close? We're nervous. Deputies pulled into the house just before sunset at 4.43. But even then, Jean wasn't sure that they could trust that they were safe. And she's like, We need to let them in, right? <laughs> Dispatcher was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> no, she didn't say that, but that's probably something along that lines. Anyways, when Patterson got home, Jamie was gone. He searched the house and went outside and noticed her footprints. And then he got back into his Taurus to hunt her down. Just then, a deputy taking Jamie away from the Kristen's house. I was going to say the last name again. <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, the, the deputy had Jamie in the car and they spotted the red vehicle and they, it was either a Kia or a Ford approaching from the other direction. But Jamie couldn't say whether or not was, it was her abductor. The deputy alerted her colleagues. Patterson by now had taken, he must've had stolen plates on the last time, but he had restored his original plates to the car. And <laughs> what? Well, you have, a, you have stolen plates on and a, I don't know. I just, yeah. It just amazes me sometimes some of the things people do and how long they get away with stuff. Yeah. A license plate check by the police showed the vehicle was registered to someone with a surname Patterson. An officer saw a male driver alone in the car and followed it past the house they'd soon come to learn had been Jamie's secret prison. Two sergeants stopped the Taurus. One ordered the driver to put his hands up and then open the door. Jake Patterson identified himself. He said he knew what this was about and then he said, I did it. Patterson was arrested shortly afterwards and told the detectives he first thought about just taking a girl in 2016, two years before the abduction of Jamie. I just thought about that a lot, as you do. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, like, no normal guy out there actually thinks about taking a girl. Well, and if you do, if this ever crosses your mind, get help. Yeah. Like, don't let it get to this. Get help. There's help out there. Get it. Or get married, and then you'll know you don't want to steal another girl. <laughs> right? No. Oh. Maybe a year after that, I was starting to think, how actually do I do this? Like, more specifically, not just in general. Oh, yeah. Develop a plan. That's right. right. That's good. Good foundation. But Patterson told the detectives he initially didn't think he could ever get away with it. And then... He never saw he believed he never saw a girl he believed he could abduct until he saw Jamie. So like he thought she was weak or something, or he just he didn't it says he didn't know like 
I'll, I'll read you what he said. Uh, when detectives pressed Patterson about whether there was anything about Jamie in particular that made him believe he could take her, he said, I don't really know. It was kind of like, I just thought I could do it. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Huh. Yeah. And he also said, I was just more like thinking I could kidnap a girl and keep her and shit. And if it wasn't Jamie, it would probably be someone else. So it just happened to be Jamie. Yeah. It's just so weird that he said he didn't know if he could or not. And then all of a sudden it was like he saw her and he could. Yeah. So it's just, I didn't I know if there was it, some kind of trigger or if he. It was something in his head telling him like it was. I can get her. Yeah. Well, you know what? You couldn't. Yeah. Well, you, but did, you did, but you didn't. Yeah, but picked the wrong girl, obviously. If she got herself out of there, like yeah. some other girls would have been yep. paralyzed with fear. Or... Yep. Patterson also told detectives he hadn't given much thought to his long-term plans or whether Jamie would eventually escape. He told the detectives how he had covered up his tracks by shaving his head and his facial hair so as to not leave any DNA evidence behind at the scene. And he also refrained from doing things that he might believe would leave a digital trail, such as Googling Jamie's address or bringing his phone to her home on the night of the kidnapping. So weird, eh? Yeah. Like it just, I don't know. So many crime see, crime shows that you can watch to get all these little tips and tricks. Well, yeah, it's almost like crime university sometimes. Like you watch, you know, Criminal Minds or, you know, yeah. How to Commit a Murder and they bring all these. And I know some of them are, you know, aren't real real or whatever. But still, even if you do half of the stuff and it helps you. Yeah. And after a while, I thought, well, I could get away with this. I mean, I understand there was no connection a person has to someone. Like, it's almost impossible to solve or really hard to solve if, they, if he's not connected, right? Yeah. He told officers that the two conversed a lot, but never went into detail about how Patterson had murdered her parents that night. And he claimed to feel so guilt-ridden about it that one night he drank himself into a stupor and promised that if she wrote a letter to her auntie that he would send it. However, the following day when he sobered up, he decided against it. Patterson admitted that he did have sexual fantasies and regarding his victim, and they slept in the same bed, but he said it was he felt too guilty to act on it after making her an orphan. Yeah. Yeah, think about that, you creep. Yeah. Um anyways, he went to he, he went to court, obviously. He received one life sentence each for the murders of James and Denise Kloss and was given a 40-year sentence for the kidnapping, including 25 years in prison and 15 years on parole. So he'll never be out. Which I don't want to, like, why don't you just kill him then? Yeah. And I'm, and I, and I, I'm not trying, I'm not, I don't want to, you 100% know he did this. Yeah. Yeah, he's admitted so, to it and she's like. So now so, the, the, this is America, right? It was America yeah, that happened. Yeah. So now American taxpayers are paying to keep this guy alive that's never going to see the light of day right ever because even even just with the two murders it was what 80 years yeah and he's how old 22 right so that, that that's 102 so even yeah. if you cut that into i mean most of the time they say you get if you get 21 years you serve seven to eight years of that i don't know like a, and then again well is parole. it the same without parole no so it's, oh did it say yeah, without, yeah, yeah. So, without, so he's 102 years old why don't you just why are we paying for this this yeah. is what i don't understand you, you go, we're going to give you three life sentences, or we're going to give you three consecutive 40-year sentences. It'll be 120 years, no parole, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Here's your free education, and here's your meals. Well, you're and never going to use. Things. That's the other thing, the education yeah. that he's never going to use. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, again, if it's 100% and you know, and 
like this guy's admitted to everything you've got it i get there's those questionable ones where you yeah you don't want to so then maybe you prolong those but if it's a 100 percent slam dunk gun yeah. in the hand he has, blood on the, like, he, he has not been coerced into saying these yeah, things like you know he I mean? did it yeah like he like even got out and said i know what this is about yeah and then does all this discussion yeah you know what like why are we paying for this i i don't have that answer for you why well, that's rhetorical yeah. but it's just that's <laughs> i just i don't get it like yeah anyways before the judge made us his his decision jamie 13 made a statement read by her attorney and it said jake patterson took a lot of things that i love away from me it makes me the most sad that he took away my mom and my dad i used to love to go out with my friends i loved to go to school i loved to dance he took all of those things away from me too it's too hard for me to go out in public so he made so it blow it forward right but this was there was an update two years later right in the middle of the pandemic and the update said that jamie was living with her aunt and surrounded by loved ones she was dancing again and enjoying school activities as much as she could during the COVID 19 pandemic so that that's is good. yeah that's the other thing people don't think about right like you get rescued and all that stuff's great and stuff but you know it's the other stuff right it's it's the trauma oh yeah later like she'll never like she'll never 100 percent get it no I've, like your very, parents are gone. very very emotional story for me yeah. and that is jamie Kloss. and jamie good for you i mean i'm so sorry but also good for you yeah yeah you know to get out of there to face yeah. that fear to go and do it there's a lot of adults out there that would just freeze up and not know what to do and yeah it's good to see this i i strongly believe like uh a lot of girls out there or guys everybody should be taking some kind of survival thing they should be taking some kind of um you know karate or jiu-jitsu just something something to protect yourself right because yeah. here in canada I, did, I mean to carry a gun and i don't know if that's the issue either but I, or, or the not the issue the answer having a gun on you or not but i mean yeah i just it would the story have been different if james had a, had a gun in the house yeah i don't know like i said like i i because of hunting and stuff but i also I like the fact that we have a gun. Yeah. I don't know. But still, if something ever happened that you got kidnapped, chloroform, whatever, it would be good to know to, you know, different ways to, you know, break a kneecap or, yeah. or do different things. Like when she was stuck in the, uh, the car there, you know, like yeah, if it's an older tourist, you, you, you can take the back off and punch out the, the taillight, right. And put yeah. a cloth, something, you yeah. know what I mean? Like learn some of that kind of, um, well, especially since she was in there for over an hour. But... Yeah. But yeah, and, and would somebody seen it? Don't know, but at least it's giving you more of a chance, right? Yeah. And it's one of those things that you would think that they would teach something like that with all this stuff going on. They, with, it should be a life sc skill that they teach should, in school. Yeah, there should Absolutely. be, a, and it should be mandatory to take it. Yeah. How about we get rid of this, uh, you know, geography mandatory, or something like that? Like if you if you don't know how to pick up a GPS to get yourself somewhere, yeah, yeah, and maybe teach some of these survival skills, like some of this stuff, like. What yeah. to do in these emergencies and how do you react and you know and, and maybe in phys ed that's one of the things you have to do maybe you have yeah. to learn karate or you have to learn some kind of self-defense i don't yeah. know and then other people argue that if you know too much of it and you do all this stuff then you feel braver and you might get yourself shot so i don't know is there, you know what the answer is just people screw off and leave everybody alone <laughs> stop, that's the answer stop doing terrible things yeah why do you guys gonna do terrible things yes why don't you guys do things like my guys they don't survive <laughs> Go out and do stuff like my guys. Which brings me to my stories. All right. What do you got for us? Well, 
I have because I don't know. Lately, it looks sounds like I've been on a, a electrocuting <laughs> run here, right? So, anyways, I have a man that was burned alive. He oh. was electrocuted. Oh no! Do you know how he was electrocuted? I bet yeah, he was doing something stupid. Well, that's a given. <laughs> that's not. <sighs> Really, that's your answer? <laughs> he was doing something stupid. He stuck a fork in a toaster. What? Really? Did you read it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that actually what happened? No. <laughs> so, he was a train surfer. Oh. So, he he would jump on top of a train to surf. And the train... So, not only did... So, what happened okay. is... It's their, um... Can I interject before we go My brother used to do this. Your brother used to hop on top of a train. Yes. That traveled 155. I don't, no, it wasn't going that fast. But while he, it was, he jumped on trains while they were moving, he broke his leg one time. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't even like a train train, though. Oh, okay. So this is this train goes at 155 miles per hour. Jesus. It's a high-speed electric train in Russia. Wow. So, yeah. So this guy's on top of it, and he started wobbling. So he grabbed a hold of the electrical up, oh, up top. No. And because his feet were touching it. It, um electrocuted and burned a big hole in there so the train was going from uh saint uh saint petersburg to moscow and all of a sudden people in the uh, carriage of the train started complaining that they were smelling burnt meat oh right burnt oh. meat no that's that's awful <laughs> that's so bad so the driver stopped the train and a fire was spotted on the roof of the uh, third carriage and passengers ran out and onto the platform, all in a panic, you know, running around and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, when you smell burnt meat, that's yeah. never a good sign when you're on a train. It's not like it's not like you're in a bad restaurant. Yeah. So the the cause of the blade was found to be uh, coming from a 19 year old Johnny, yeah. whose body was trapped on the 4,000 volt pantograph. Oh, the apparatus no. mounted on the roof of an electric train, which collects power through contact with an overhead line. So yeah, he was just attacked there and stuff like that. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So that happened August 4th. And if you actually go and Google like this, this. Like this year? Uh, no, it wasn't this year. Oh. It was uh, something like 2002 or whatever. But you okay. can go Google this. And they actually have pictures. People had pictures of the train. You can see the fire. Oh. They, get, they got pictures of the train <laughs> and and uh, him on fire on there. So if you Google... um. If you Google a uh, man burnt on train yeah. in Russia, it'll bring it all up and stuff. No, for you, I, but... I think I'm okay. I don't Why? need to see that. I don't. You need don't to really see, see him. You just see the flames <laughs> and stuff. So... But yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but that's what he was doing, right? So, yeah. um, my next story, my next story makes me really, really sad. Really, really sad because one, I don't know how I'm ever going to top it like this might be the end of me doing darwin <laughs> okay I, I can't wait to hear this one like i'm i, I don't I, I can't even fathom how you would think this is like i just well the thing is people don't think the same as you and me right like <laughs> but this is like this is the stuff that i'm about to tell you we tell people our parents tell us from the time we are two years old not to do this Okay. Is it sticking a fork in a toaster? No, it's even <laughs> it's even more lame than that. Like so lame. Running with scissors. 
You're almost there. You're almost there. It's one of those basic things. It is. It's. I. I don't know what to tell you. It just. So, anyways, I guess I should tell you guys the story so you know what I'm going on. So, in September 2002, in Brazil, mm-hmm. a farm keeper from Sao Paulo, which I probably have noted. Sao Paulo. Okay, let's go with that. Um, found out that he had a beehive right in his barn and the bees were all flying around. So I know that's your favorite thing, right? No. You I, love bees I, being around. No, they. I don't know why, but they love to get me. That's because you're beautiful like a flower. <laughs> they see me and they're like, must sting. Because you're beautiful like a flower. <laughs> and they come to see you and then you go, ah, and then they sting you. I they go, go, oh, that's not a flower. I go, whoa, because they sting me every time. So anyways. And what uh, Mr. Johnny uh, knew, Mr. Johnny from Brazil knew, was that he needed to burn the hive so they would never come back. And he also knew that bees sting. Yes. Right? Yep. So he went and got himself a torch, right? So he could burn the thing over there. But then he was thinking, what am I going to do to stop the bees from stinging my face and stuff? Uh Uh-huh. So what do you think? What do you think, Mr. Johnny did? Um, I don't know. I can't even like put. Did he buy himself a net, which is probably the best thing that he could have done? So he protected his head with a plastic bag Come sealed on. tightly. Come sealed on. tightly because he didn't want the bees to crawl under the plastic Shut bag. Right up. No, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> tightly around his neck. He grabbed his torch and off to fight the bees he went. His wife got really, really worried after a few hours. And a went, few hours? A few hours. She got worried about him. Well, he was out fighting bees. <laughs> oh it takes a God. long time to fight bees. <laughs> and she knew he was safe. He had a plastic bag tied tight around his neck. Oh, my God. Right? And a torch. <laughs> what could go wrong? That's right. So, and she found him dead. However, it wasn't the bees that killed him. The plastic bag had protected him from smoke stingers and oxygen oh my obviously God. so nothing yep. so did he get the <laughs> nope bees were still alive <laughs> the bees won so bees won people oh, zero no how do you top that i don't i don't that's probably I one of the dumbest darwin stories i've ever done i don't even know how to top that i remember i was shopping at a walmart one time and this mother was pushing a baby buggy around and like no, not like the kid was sitting in the in the cart. You know what I mean? They have that little seat in yeah. front, and the kid had one of those plastic like produce bags that he was pulling over his head. And I was like watching this, and the mom was fully aware of what was going on. I was like, "Hey, your kid, your kid has a plastic bag on their head," and she's like, "Meh," and she kept going. But if he's <laughs> playing with it, and he's moving, and you could get it off, right? And we're not talking about a child. We are talking about a full grown ass man that said my best idea to not get stuck. And what? They don't think Stinger can go through plastic? Like that's the other thing, right? Like how thick was this plastic? Because I'm thinking if it's a plastic grocery bag, Stinger's going through it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They go through clothes. So, right. Yeah. Right. I've been stung through jeans. Yeah. So the grown ass man thought that was his best idea. Like, I get yeah. the train surfing. I get all this. You know, that's kind yeah, of adrenaline, like adrenaline stuff. stuff whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be cool. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I get some of the, like, you know, I, I've got guys that, you know, there's, there's there's people that jump off balconies and do handstands. And I get it. I mean, it's not the smartest thing in the world. 
It probably gets you killed. But a plastic bag, I can't. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is end of debtor survive because yeah. I cannot come up with any more Darwins. I am so sorry. I will be stuck on this. I am actually. I, I wanted to Google how many people have died by placing a plastic bag over their head, and I thought no, because I'm just going to be disappointed in humanity because <laughs> yeah. it's going to be some stupid, awful number. Yep. It so if you want, <laughs> if anybody else wants to Google that, you can send us the answer at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, do not put plastic bags over your head. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't play around with it. Just don't. Yes. I don't know why I have to put this warning out there, but don't do that. It's not going to protect you from bees. It's not a good idea. You will wind up dead. You in will Brazil. die. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's all I got for my story. So we're at the point now where we tell everybody to like and follow and, and tell your download friends. and tell all your friends about Dead or Survive. You can find it on Twitter. You can do some mean tweets like my wife did to me. I'm okay with it. I'm good. I know that we're horrible. It's all good. I'm actually I'm actually kind of more proud of us being horrible than being good because, you know, that's yeah, what we, it still, is. we keep showing up. Yeah, we keep showing up. We don't care. <laughs> Um, again, uh, if you're listening and you get people to listen, it's like I've told you guys in the past, I don't even care. Just throw it out in your balcony. The listens help us. Yeah. The more listens we get, the better it is. And if you have anything that you would like to advertise with us or put out there or any kind of notifications, if you're close in our area, yeah, send us an email. Yep. We'll put it out there. And, uh, we are send on... us your stories. Send us your I'm stories. still waiting on stories. Still waiting on stories. Make my wife happy. <laughs> it's my life story. And, uh, <laughs> We got new stuff that goes up on Instagram. Uh, again, like I said, Twitter's out there, and we have our Facebook. Yeah. So all of that stuff's up and running uh, and smoothly. And now we are at the dad joke of the podcast. Dad joke of the week. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be of the week, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> all right. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, you're gonna love it. Okay. How do you make an egg roll? How? You push it. <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> okay you liked it i liked it you liked it i can tell you guys can't see but she's smiling she's she's not even shaking her head she's laughing that's how i know she liked it <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that has been our story i am sorry also if it sounds a little distracted we've got dogs running everywhere yeah, martha so. has has applications. Oh, that's right. Yes, Martha. Martha has pending applications, so she yeah. may be going, and we may have a new uh, Tango coming. Tango is coming um, to join the game. But she was, yeah, she was all over the place today. So while we're trying to record this, she was up and down. So yeah, that, that's why we may sound a little <laughs> off. We did our best. <laughs> Four dogs, a cat, yeah. and they all wanted to be in the room with us. So. Yeah. Anyways, that's our podcast. That's right. So have a good week and we will we will Yep, that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.